Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Isaiah 43 says this. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past, for I am doing a new thing. Amen. Turn your neighbor and say a new thing. God is about to pour out a new thing. I believe that the revival is on its way. God is about to pour out a new thing, and it is time. I believe God's going to restore everything that this pandemic, that 2020 has taken away, that God is saying, I am in the business of restoration, and I'm going to restore the church. I'm going to bring revival to the church, and the church will thrive and survive. Amen? God is in the business of moving. And it's time, church, as Christians, it's time that we, we rise up and we begin to take back the authority that God has given us. It's, it's time that we rise up and take back what the enemy has taken from us. Because, listen, when you look back at the past year, year and a half, this pandemic, it, the season stopped a lot of things. This, this season canceled a lot of things. It took a lot of things away from us. And God is saying, I'm about to restore and I'm about to begin, I'm about to pour out revival again, because can I tell you that, that, that no matter what the pandemic stopped, you know, things have started back up, things have opened back up. We're, we're getting back to some type of normalcy. But can I tell you that the mission of God never stopped? The pandemic put a lot of things on hold, but it never put the mission of God on hold. Because nothing can stop the mission of God. Listen, when the enemy comes at me, listen, there's sometimes when the enemy comes at you, you just got to stop and say, not today, Satan. Not today. I don't, know if, I don't know if that's you, but listen, that's me sometimes. I just got to stop, and I got to get a hold of the word. I got to get in the word. I got to say, God, not today. Not today, Satan. Because my word says revival's on the way. My word says that a new thing is coming. God is about to unleash a new thing. And he says, forget those things that were behind. Forget the former things. Forget the good old days. Right? Forget the past hurts. Forget the past uh, disappointments. Forget it all. Paul said, press forward to reach the goal of the prize of high calling. Press forward, forgetting those things that are behind. And we're moving forward as a church. And I believe that God is calling us to take ground Take ground. It's time to trust and not fear. It's time to listen and obey. It's time to follow and not falter. It's time to get up and get moving. Jesus had a mission when he came to the earth. He was our redeemer, our rescuer, our healer, our, our king, and nothing stopped him from his mission. Luke 19.10, it said this. Very simply, his mission was this. I came to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his mission, to seek and to save that which was lost, to redeem, to rescue, to restore. And God is calling us back. God is, God is calling us back to focus on the mission of God. The mission of God. 2020 was a year of survival. Would you agree with that? We just, we just survived. You were told to stay at home, shut the doors, shut the windows, have no contact with the outside world, don't breathe the air, and apparently stock up on as much toilet paper as you could get. 
And in this culture, fear was birthed. There was a culture of fear that was birthed. And the enemy played on that as hard as he could. And we were afraid. We were afraid of the unknown. We were afraid. And I'm challenging, listen, it's time that we replace fear with faith. God has not called us into fear. God has called us to walk according to faith. And when we walk according to faith, everything that God has promised is ours in the word. And I declare that 2021 will be a year of revival. 2020 was the survival. Yes, we survived. We made it through. I don't know where the t-shirts are, but they're probably selling them. I survived the pandemic. But I believe that God is calling us into revival, 2021. God is moving us from survival mode to revival mode. And it's time that to church we move. Jesus is always on mission, always. Every story that we read in this book, Jesus was always on mission. He was always on point. He never could be could be uh, 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 confused. He never could be uh, taken off his mission. He was always on point and on mission. In Mark chapter 4, there's a story that I want to share this morning that I'm going to preach out of today. And it's Mark chapter 4 where Jesus, again, is on mission. I believe that God is wanting to take us from glory to glory. He wants to challenge us to go to the next level in our walk with him, in our relationship with him, in our relationship with others, in our mission. God is wanting to take us to the next level in every area of our life. And can I tell you that God is writing a new chapter in history. What we do from this moment, church, we're going to rewrite. There's a new chapter that God is writing right now because he's about to unleash revival. And he's about to unleash that final time clock. That final time clock that says, get ready. Spread the word. Get back on mission. Focus back on mission. God is on the move. And I don't know about you, but I want to be on mission with my God. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, it says this. It says, the day when evening came, he says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Let's go over to the other side. God's calling us to the other side. See, we've been on this side long enough. We, we've been on this side long enough. You hear me? God is calling us to the other side. He said to his disciples, he said, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, he took them along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion and the disciples woke him and said, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Not today, Satan. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to the disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? I believe, the, I believe God is asking the church that today. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Moving on to the next chapter, it says this, that 
verse 5 of chapter, uh, chapter 5, it says, Then when they crossed the lake and came to the region of Garces, he said, when Jesus got out of the boat, when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came to him in tombs to meet him. This man lived in tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Let's pray today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would bless this word today, God. I pray that it would be your words, God, that come forth today. I pray, Father, that you would just open up, Lord, your truth. God, that you would challenge us this morning. God, that you would take us to the next level in our relationship with you, God, that you would put us back on mission. Lord, because there's a mission on the other side that you're calling us to, God. In Jesus' name, Lord, use this word today. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I believe that God is calling us to the next level, to the other side, because we've been here long enough. Jesus is saying to the church today, I want to take you from where you were to where I want you to be. God is taking us somewhere. God is taking us somewhere. But the question is, are we willing to get in the boat with him? Are we willing to follow him? Are we willing to say, God, wherever you go, I will follow. God, whatever you say, I will do. God, wherever you tell me to go, I will go. So if we're going to go to the next level, then we've got to be willing to trust the plan that God has for us. We've got to be willing to trust the plan and get in the boat. See, Jesus was, he was teaching by the shore, by the seashore, and he was sitting there with all the disciples and all the people had gathered around. And everywhere Jesus went, you notice in the Bible, everywhere he went, there was large crowds. So here's Jesus, he's sitting and he's teaching, and so many people gathered that the, the Bible says he had to get in the boat. To teach the people. And then finally when the evening came, he told the disciples, he said, okay, I'm, we're done here. It's time to go. It's time to go. Listen, sometimes church, sometimes people, we get really comfortable where we're at. We get really comfortable with how we do things at church. We get really comfortable with our worship. We get really comfortable with our Sunday morning. We get really comfortable with our small group. And sometimes God says, listen, it's time to get uncomfortable again. It's time to practice a little faith. It's time to trust me, and it's time to get in the boat because there's mission on the other side. See, this church has went through a lot of change. I know that in the last five years because you've got a great leader that continue to, continues to move the, lead, the, the needle but I, there's more change coming. And listen, God's going to take you out of your comfort zone. And he's going to put you in the place that he wants you, not where you want to be. Because where he wants you is where the mission is. Because, see, you've accomplished what you need to accomplish here. And God's saying it's time to go to the next level. It's time to go to the next level. So it's time to get in the boat. And here's the disciples. Here's the disciples, experienced fishermen. They didn't hesitate a minute to take off. Because for them, it was easy. They took off, and they, they had been following Jesus for three, three years now. Why stop now, right? So they got in the boat with Jesus. And notice, notice in the story here that, that Jesus didn't tell them where they were going. Jesus didn't stop and explain, well, let me give you the five-step process, okay? We're going to go here. We're going to stop here. We're going to eat at this time. We're going to, I was a youth pastor for 20 years. And can I tell you, like, how, like when you plan a trip, like how many questions you have, that really don't, don't matter. 
Like, just get in the van. Let's go. <laughs> but every, like, you've got to have everything scheduled sometimes for people, right? People want to know every little detail. They want to know what time you're stopping, where are we stopping. They want to know how many times you're stopping. See, I had one son, uh, one son in our marriage, 22 years old. He's, he's a grown man now. He's a man child, I'll say, right now. But when he was younger, man, and even, even, even recently, we just had, we spent spring break with him. He came home for Easter, and he was with us at Myrtle Beach, and we had Holly's family was with us. And even at 22, he got up and he said, Dad, what are we doing today? I said, well, I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'm going to get up and I'm going to drink a cup of coffee because I'm going to relax, I'm going to eat some breakfast, and then I'm just going to, you know, it's vacation. Like, my whole life is planned by the minute, by the tea, by the appointment, by the meeting, and I'm like, I'm just going to rest. And he was like, well, what are we going to do after that? I was like, well, you know, we may go uh, to, we may go play putt-putt. You know, we, we may go to, like, Ripley's, believe it or not, like, the museum. We may, who knows? And he was like, well, what are we going to do after that? And it was like every little detail he had to know. I don't know, if, how many of you have kids in here? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Uh-huh. Listen, they want to know everything. When we're going to stop? When we're going to stop? How long is it going to be before we get there? You know what my, my pat answer was every time? when I was driving students to events and every time they would ask me, they always got the same answer. About five minutes. <laughs> it was the longest five minutes of their life. But Jesus does not give us the details of his plan. Why? Because it's his plan. And oftentimes if we knew what his plan was before, before uh, he told, listen, we'd mess it up. Listen, honestly, we'd mess it up. He doesn't give us the plan oftentimes. Most of the times he just says, let's go. Let's go. When I started in the ministry, I was, I was 18 years old when I felt the call of God on my life. I didn't know what to do. And God said, just serve. I said, okay, Lord, serve. Just serve. We were a small church, had a part-time youth pastor. I got saved and that youth pastor left. And Jesus said, serve. You're old enough to be a leader. Get involved and serve. Get involved. Serve where you are. You want God to do something in your life? Begin to serve where you are. Don't sit in a pew and wait on God to do something. Serve where you are. When I began to serve and I started to serve and say, okay, God, I picked up a guitar. My dad was a guitar player. He tried to teach me at 12 years old. That didn't go really well. Uh, at 12, you know, I was a, a, just a normal kid. I was like, nope, didn't have time for that. So at 18, I wish I'd have had time at 12. Went. But at 18, I picked it back up, and I, and I learned how to play guitar, and I just did, you know, I had like three songs in youth. That was it. Yeah. How great is our God? That was the go-to. I just started serving where I was. And then after two years, God said, you're done here. Let's go. I said, where? I didn't know anything, never heard about a Bible college, didn't know what the next step was in my life. And I had a pastor that sat me down and started to, to teach me and train me. And he was a CBC graduate, and I said, nope, that's too far from home. What's closest? So I went to Texas. I went to Southwestern University. I went there and got my Bible degree. I said, okay, Lord, what's next? He doesn't lay out the whole plan for our lives because he knows if we knew the plan before we should, we'd mess it up. God gives us one step at a time, says, obey this. And when you can obey this and you're faithful in this, I'll give you the next step. 
When you can obey this and you're faithful in this, I'll give you the next step. When God called me into ministry at 18 years old, I had no idea that I would preach on four different continents. I had no idea that I would be a DYD and lead a state of young people uh, in North Carolina. I had no idea. I didn't see these things. All I saw was the next step. Sometimes, listen, God just gives you the next step. And God says, it's time to move. Where, God? In the boat. Let's go. Where are we going? In the boat. Let's go. He told his disciples, he said, get in the boat, let's go. So here's the disciples again. Experienced fishermen lived half their life on the water. Before they started following Jesus, many of them were professional fishermen. That's what they did. They knew the sea like the back of their hand. They knew it. And all of a sudden, a storm rose up. All of a sudden, something came out, and a storm rose up. The Sea of Galilee just a little statistics here. The Sea of Galilee is 13 and a half miles wide. You guys know a little bit about water around here, right? The Sea of Galilee, 13 and a half miles wide. It has a 65 mile area of, of area, 65 miles in, in, in area. 141 feet at its deepest point. So listen, listen, if you sink, you sink deep. I don't know if y'all noticed or not, but like this body is not made to float. So, like, sometimes I hesitate when it comes to, like, you know, getting out like that. I, when I was 18 years old, uh, before God called me into ministry, I worked offshore. All my uncles are in the oil business, and I went out and I worked 23 miles out in the Gulf of Mexico. And when I got on a boat, it was a four-and-a-half-hour boat ride to get to the rig. To cross the Sea of Galilee, guess how long it was? Four-and-a-half hours to get across the Sea of Galilee. And that, that was before they had engines. That was just go, good old manpower, horsepower, manpower. That was getting across that way. And I remember those times when I was, when I was out to sea, when you would get those swells come up, man, I would get sick as a dog. It didn't matter how much Dramamine I took before that trip. I got sick as a dog every time. And so I know that how, how quick it can go from smooth sailing to rough seas. How many of you know that in your life, that sometimes it can be smooth as glass, and in five minutes, the seas turn, the winds turn, and it flips you on a dime. The Bible says that a, a squall came out from the middle of nowhere in the Sea of Galilee, and, and this calm, beautiful lake became a raging storm. A raging storm, a sudden violent storm. I looked up, I looked up that term, that uh, that term squall in in uh, in the dictionary, and it's and squall is this: a sudden violent storm with a change in wind speed and direction. Unlike a mic a microburst that lasts only a few seconds, a squall will last minutes at a time. So we know what a microburst is when wind so the force of wind comes by that can take a house off its foundation. That's what a microburst is. And it only lasts for seconds, but a squall is something, the same amount of force in the ocean that lasts for minutes. That lasts for minutes. There was a famous uh, ship that, that they made, later on made a movie about. In 1961, the Albatross was sank in minutes when it was hit by a white squall. This is how they, they, they kind of, uh, they had a quote from that. It says a tremendous whistling sound suddenly roaring through the rigging of the wall hit us in the back. The pride heeled 
uh, healed over in a matter of seconds. The 70 knot wind, 130 kilometers an hour. It's about roughly 75 miles an hour, roughly. Wind pushed the 20-foot sail off and, and turned the boat upside down. And she sank in minutes. This was just a little snippet from the albatross that sank in 1961. And so we see like how forceful this wind is and what it can do and the violence of it. I experienced that in my life, in my family's life. Last year in 2020, we thought we had made it, we made it through this COVID season. We thought we made it through it as a family and nobody in our family had gotten sick. And we were blessed and we were thanking God for that. But on December the 22nd, my brother, got sick he's just two three years older than me got sick went to the hospital they sent him back home said no you're just you're just sick just go back home you're okay and his chest and everything continued to get heavier it got a bit harder for him to breathe so he went back to the hospital the next day they admitted him in the emergency room and he spent oh 90 days in ICU he was on a ventilator for 30 plus days on a ventilator he almost died in January, several times. Christmas, he's on a ventilator. He had two blood clots. He had two, two strokes while he was in, uh, under COVID. And so I know how quick life changes. And all of a sudden, our, our text thread from our family that usually would send pictures of family vacations turned into a prayer group for my brother. And I, I'm happy to say this is a testimony because we were praying, God, he's going to have a great testimony. We're believing God. We're believing. We're not going to walk in faith. We're going to walk according. We're, we're not going to walk in fear. We're going to walk according to faith. And we're going to believe that God is going to move on our behalf and God's going to hear our prayers. Can I tell you that God hears your prayers when you call out? And it was March, I think, 16th, um, somewhere around the middle of March, we got the call that they took my brother off a ventilator. And God had done so many miracles. He had a hole in his lung. He had tubes in the side of him because he had a hole. His lungs were collapsing and God miraculously healed the hole because they couldn't do surgery because he was too sick. They said he would die if they did surgery. All these things, all these complications that he had. But my God, listen, I don't care what you're facing. Come on, give God some praise right now. But my God. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what storm is in your life, but can I tell you, but my God shall supply all my needs, but my God will heal and deliver, but my God is Jehovah Jireh, my God is Jehovah Rapha, my God is Jehovah Nisi, who God is Jehovah, amen, but my God, so I know that. Life can turn on a dime. I know that one day your marriage can be doing great. And the next day you get hit with a gale force winds. And your ship turns upside down and you're looking at each other and say, what are we going to do now? I know what it means to pray, get on your knees and pray for your son that you've raised in church all your life and all of a sudden you're saying, you're saying, son, do you even believe in God anymore? But can I tell you that God is with you in every storm? 
we're in the middle of a storm right now with my other brother. So again, going back to that story where in, in an instant it changes. So I got that news from my brother in the fall of last year. Also got this news. I had a brother, my, uh, one of my brothers, I won't name him because this is going out. But at the fall of last year, I got a call from him. I hadn't talked to him in 10 years. Last time I talked to him was at my dad's funeral. And my dad passed away from cancer. My dad died of lung cancer about 12 years ago. So last time I talked to him was about 10 years ago. I got a call from my brother, and his words were this, hey, brother, I got bad news. He said, I got stage four colon cancer. And it spread to my liver. And so here's, here's another storm, another, another storm that hits me from nowhere. And so now we're believing for the same, the same faith and the same God that healed my brother from COVID is the same God that can heal my brother from cancer. Amen? So we're believing for my brother now as a family and saying, God, you, you healed our brother from COVID, you can heal our brother from cancer. And so he is fighting for his life now. So I tell you that to tell you, listen, I know what it's like to go through storms in life and be looking around and, be say, and say, God, where are you? But you know what I found that through life? That even, some, even times when I'm looking around saying, God, where are you? God's saying, I'm right here. I'm here. I'm in the boat with you. I didn't leave you. The word of God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am with you always. Obedience doesn't mean easy. See, when we get in the boat, sometimes we think that once we, we get saved, it's like, oh, man, it's all good now. Let's go. Come on. Sometimes we, we sell the wrong stuff to people. Sometimes we're selling the wrong thing when we say, listen, just come to church, say the sinner's prayer. Your life's going to be, you're going to live your blessed life now. No, you're not. Listen, God's going to be with you every step of the way. He's going to meet every need, but you will run into some storms in life. You will have some difficulties in life. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the Bible talks about it several times in Scripture when it talks about. It says, blessed be the man who endures temptation. It talks about that you will face trials of many kinds. Consider pure joy, brothers when you, and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Listen, there will be tests in this walk of faith that we have. That's why it's called a faith walk. Faith walk. We walk according to faith. Sometimes we're selling the wrong thing. There is plenty of joy, and there's always joy in that. And there's joy on the other side, but we've got to tell people, listen, Listen, God is, wants to take you to another level, but in order sometimes to get to that next level, you got to go through some storms. Just because you get in the boat and you trust the plan doesn't mean it's going to be easy. This, this, past, this past month, or a couple months ago, we celebrated Easter. And what a celebration it was because a year ago we couldn't even gather. We couldn't even meet together. It was hard to, to get people together in the same building to celebrate Easter. But this past Easter, we celebrated Easter together. And, and I don't know, but all across the state we had great reports of record numbers and people were coming back to church. And it was a great day on Easter. But can I tell you, before we ever celebrated Easter, there had to be a crucifixion. 
Before Jesus was ever res resurrected, he had to die first. And see that some Christians were not willing to die. But if you want the celebration, you got to be willing to die to yourself. I love the way that, that, that the psalmist David puts it in 23. He says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I love that because he, it, it's a progression, right? Though I walk through, I don't sit down, I don't murmur, I don't complain, I don't give up, I don't give in, I don't, I don't, I don't look at this person and say, why don't I have that? How come I don't have that stage? How come I can't sing at that place? How come I don't have that contract? How come I don't have that job? No, David says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Sometimes we get stuck in the middle. God says, no, we're going through this storm. We're going through this storm. But I know it's hard to see. When you're going through that storm, it's hard to see where's Jesus at in this. Where is Jesus at in the storm? He's right there beside the disciples, right? Like he's got a bucket and he's, and he's just, and he's just, there's money in here, so I don't want to use the bucket. But here, I'll do this. I'm going to do this. There you go. So, you know, Jesus is right there, right? He's in the boat, right? He's got the bucket and he's chumming water, right? Out of the boat, he's just chunking water out of the boat, right? He's working hard, right? Beside the disciples, right? No, <laughs> he's not. The Bible says, I love it. I love that the Bible is so descriptive. When you read it, if you just slow down and read it for a minute, it's so descriptive. The Bible says that Jesus is on a cushion. Every time we travel, uh, when we travel, we'll stay in different hotels and stuff. When we travel all over the state, and those of you that travel, you know that every time you go to a hotel, the beds are different. You get these little pillows that like that have nothing in them. You're like, is, is there anything? It's the feather pillows, and they just collapse, and you got to have like ten of them on your bed to have like a regular like to feel like you're supported. And so my wife brings her own pillow everywhere she goes. She's a smart one. She said, Did "You bring your pillow last night?" I said, "No." I didn't, I'd be okay. Well, I wasn't okay, okay? It took me a couple hours to fall asleep. And you know, cause you double up, you get three or four pillows and you're trying to make one pillow out of the ones they give you at the hotel, right? And so, but my wife was a smart one, so she got the good night's sleep. And she, because she brings her own pillow. I'm like, the Bible says that Jesus was sitting, was laying on a cushion. Like he was just chilling underneath the boat, taking a nap in the middle of a storm. Jesus was asleep in the middle of the storm. How could Jesus sleep during the storm? You know why Jesus could sleep in the middle of a storm? Because he knew his purpose. Because he knew his destiny. And not only he knew his purpose and his destiny, but he knew who he belonged to. That's why he had perfect peace in the middle of a storm, a raging storm. Can I tell you how to get peace in the middle of a raging storm in your life? Understand whose you are. Understand who you are, that you are a, a Christ follower, that you are a son or a daughter of the king of the most high God. And the Bible says if, if an er, a earthly father knows how to give good gifts to his earthly children, how much more does a heavenly father know how to give good gifts to their kids? God takes care of his kids. So when you're in the will of God and you're walking in the will of God, you're walking according to his plan, guess what? Nothing can stop you. 
Nothing will sink you. Nothing will keep you from the mission of God on your life. Jesus knew his purpose and his destiny. He knew his assignment. Listen, you want purpose and find what your assignment is. What is your assignment? And when God gives you that assignment, you go after it with all you got. With everything that's within you, you go after it. God knew who he was. But see, it's one thing to trust the plan, but it's another thing to follow the plan. Submit to the plan. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come back. I'll kind of start to land this thing. I know you guys are getting antsy. I don't want to, I could preach another 30 minutes, an hour, but I want to be careful. I want you to ask me back, so. Sometimes we can trust the the plan, but sometimes, how many of you know it's hard to follow the plan? Hard to follow the plan. How many of you ever tried to put furniture together? How many of you ever bought anything from Ikea? <laughs> or got anything shipped from Amazon? And it came in like eight different boxes and you're like, whoa, hey. But what happened? What do we do as men? They're like, I don't need no stinking plans. We start putting this thing together and like four hours later, we're like, where are the plans at? Honey, where's the plans at? She's like, you threw it away. I was like, let's go find it. Because listen, sometimes when we follow our own plan, we mess up. Come on. When we follow our plan, listen, it don't turn out the way that the original plans, that the designer created. Sometimes we get it together and we're like, oh, that, that's okay. That shelf looks fine there. It's all right. But that's not what the, the creator designed it to look like. And sometimes we, we're frustrated in life because we're not following the plan. Because we're, we're walking life according to our own plan. And then we get frustrated when it what doesn't look like the way it's supposed to look or it doesn't turn out the way it's supposed to turn out. It's because we're too busy following our own plan. God said, follow my plan. Trust me. Trust me. He turned to the disciples and he said, why are you so afraid? Why do you still have no faith? And God stood up. Man, this is a powerful moment in that story. Jesus stood up in the boat and he rebuked the wind and the rain. And the Bible says that immediately they ceased. Just as quick as your life can turn on a dime and it can go from calm waters to a raging sea. When the Lord speaks, it will go from a raging sea back to a calm water. Every time. Because get this, get this. The creator stepped out and spoke to the creation. God created everything about you. God created everything around you. Everything you see, God created. And God still has the power today that he had yesterday. God still has the same power and authority. And when God speaks and steps out and the creator speaks to the creation in your life, over your life, listen, it has no choice but to obey. It has no choice but to cease. When Jesus stepped out, the Greek word for that is impetemo. In the Greek, it's impetemo. And it means this, a strong charge. 
and it illustrates it like this. It talks about it talks about a, a, a military, and it talks about ranks in military. And I don't know if there's any any military men in here. You ever served? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for serving. But when it talks about when when your commanding officer gives you a charge, do you have an option to to follow? No, you don't. You do not have an option. If you think you got an option, you probably won't be in in the services too long. So here's Jesus, the creator, the commanding officer who spoke to the creation. They had no choice but to submit. And when God speaks into your life, listen, the enemy has no choice but to submit to God. God spoke to those storms and they ceased. And the disciples turned to one another and they said, who is this man? Who is this that even the winds and the rains obey him? Can I tell you, as long as God is in your boats, that no storm will ever stop you from your mission. Can I tell you that as long as God is in your boat, that nothing can keep you from fulfilling the purpose and the destiny of God. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.